Hi there, Mark Tinney from Race Fuels. We're proud to confirm that 2021 will be our biggest racing season on record. The 2021 season will see us supply over 1 million litres of fuel, over 50 race events in Australia, New Zealand, plus we're heading overseas to supply GT World Challenge Asia. Our New Zealand supply strategy is expanding as we continue to stock our range of racing fuels in Auckland. Whether you're competing or simply a track day participant, Race Fuels is always on track with fuel supply, particularly with our bounces at Sydney Motorsport Park, Phillip Island and Sandown. Race Fuels is grateful for the continued support of the Australian motorsport categories, their competitors and the event promoters as we all work to continue to provide fans with great racing. Thanks all, and now enjoy the latest Parked Up podcast, powered by Race Fuels. Welcome back to the Parked Up podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels. My name's Grant Rowley. I'm joined by Tony Delberto. This is episode 51, and we don't have Greg Murphy on the line. But <laughs> it's a uh, That's his number. He can keep that number. That's just this episode's number. Tony D, how are you? Mate, I'm not bad. Not bad. Right. Well, not good. Got, well, I've got a sty in my eye, and oh. it looks like I've been punched in the face. Eye sty. I've, I've become a little bit susceptible to these things, and I, I get them fairly regularly, and they're a bit uncomfortable. And you know what? We're going racing this weekend at Bathurst, and it's probably not the prep that I ideally would like to have right now. It looks like I've got a pimple on my eyeball, almost. Uh, on my eyelid, at least. I don't know if I've ever really had any issues with ice dyes. Do they? You're lucky. Are they discomfort? Are they? Does it make it a hard little bit? To see? No, it's not that big, but it is a little bit uncomfortable at the moment. But I'm, I'm. By, by the time we get to Bathurst in a couple of days, it should be all right. Should be all right. Other than that, mate, I'm all right. Well, you know, I'm a little bit tired because I watched some F1 racing last night. Well, hang on. You know, you, you know, your little Italian mate Michael Caruso had a ice dye at Phillip Island. Well, look how good he, he went, went to, there. Yeah, he had an absolute shocker. Maybe that's why he was no good in the rain. He just couldn't see because of this sty. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah, he so blamed the wiper, but I don't think it was. That's right. So some some F1. You sat up and watched. It was good to get oh. back to some F1. Oh, man, it was a ripper race. Unbelievable race. It felt like they hadn't been race. They hadn't gone racing for a very long time. Mm. And uh, to get back and to kick off like that was incredible. So if you haven't watched it, do yourself a favor, watch the replay, try not to look at social media to see who actually <laughs> won the race or the battles that occurred because it was right up and down the field and uh, a really hard fought win there for Lewis. And that's, that's about all I'm going to say. All right. Um, well, right now. Well, yeah, you can watch the replay if you haven't watched it, or you can hang out for our news segment because we're going to bring in one of our old mates, Tommy Howard used to work mm-hmm. at speedcafe.com. He now works for Autosport and Motorsport.com over there in the UK. He's currently locked down and he's got not much else better to do than to talk to us about some Formula One cars and maybe yeah. even some Formula Two cars as well because we've got some good uh, Aussie stories happening over there. You've just introed him incorrectly because he's actually working for Parked Up and he's on the ground <laughs> uh, covering Formula One for us. Yeah, when you say on the ground, you mean his lounge room floor yeah well they pretty much can't go anywhere else at the moment over there in britain yeah a few covid cases and speaking of covid cases grant oh no queensland has erupted hasn't it it's blown up seven cases seven and we've got a three-day lockdown not good when we've got a race meeting this weekend so yeah a little bit of a shame that's going to affect things so well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. At the moment, everything pressing on 100%, no dramas, let's get this done. Uh, I think the direction from category organisers and event organisers for those competing at the Bathurst Six Hour in the production car race or in the TCR race or Trans Am, GT World Challenge, all the categories that are going to be there, if you are in Brisbane, and you're listening to this right now, it's too late. You're stuck. You need to get out. You need to get out before 5 p.m. on Monday. So it's a, a little bit of a race against time to ensure that you can compete at the famous Mount Panorama circuit. But I think everyone now understands uh, some of these issues. The border stuff is pretty self-explanatory. 
but it, it is, I guess the thing that's not self-explanatory is everything just is always fluid. So um, it can be a bit confusing. There might be a couple of entries here and there that, that might be affected by it. Some mechanics, maybe even some drivers or cars, you know, complete entries themselves. But, mm. you know, we'll find that out a little later in the week when we get up to Mount Panorama for what will be the third round of the TCR Australia series, Tony. And the very first time we get to have TCR cars at Mount Panorama. Are you excited? I bloody oath I am. It seems like a lifetime ago that you guys went up to Bathurst and David Wall actually drove my TCR car around Mount Panorama Mm -hmm. to promote the international race. Um, And then obviously COVID hit. So we had a year off. Um, And finally, I'm going to get the chance to drive my Honda around Bathurst, which I've obviously never done before. So it's going to be quite a unique experience. Um, It's going to be exciting. You know, the competition is getting harder and harder. We've got a few more entries this round as well. One guy that some people might know, Gartanda, I think his name is. Um, He's won a couple of things apparently. Uh, He's going to run in the Audi and we know how strong the Audis are at the moment. So That'll be interesting to see how he goes in that. Um, and then you throw in some of the other categories we've got, let alone the six-hour race on the Sunday. So it's action-packed all weekend. So it's going to be a great weekend. Yep, we'll both be up there. I'm going up on Wednesday. Absolute true race fan, getting up there well before anything's happening. Hey, I'm, I'm going up Tuesday afternoon. What? You are super yeah. race fan. That super is, race fan. I'm taking is, the family. Now, you know oh, why yeah. I'm going up so early? Uh, holiday? Well, I call it a holiday. Steph is definitely not calling it a holiday. No, it's because it's about eight or nine hours to get to Sydney or get to Bathurst from Melbourne. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I'm going to survive driving that in one go with two kids in the back. Come on. No. Unless I could put up like a wall, you know, that sort of separated from the back of the car. A David wall. A David wall. Uh, So we're going to... um, we're going to stop halfway and uh, have a little break. Albury? Just take our time. Yeah, in Albury. Yeah, I'm going to stay at Brad Jones. Brad's, and Brad's house. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Seth doesn't know that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, we're going to take our time, but we'll get up there quite early. So, we might be able to catch up for a little beverage before the weekend kicks off. Sure. No worries. I know you like a beverage on a, on a yeah. race weekend. That is that is me. You know me very well. Um, okay, so before we talk, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, TCR and Six Hour in our news. And of course, as we said before, we've got Tommy Howard from Autosport and Motorsport.com to help us cover the F1 races. That'll all come up in the news. Before we get to there, Tony, we spent a little bit of time together at Winton Motor Raceway. Also another one of Australia's great racetracks. Definitely inside the top 20 Australian motorsport racetracks, I reckon. Now, we went up there uh, as part of the Logitech team who were making one of the uh, first official public appearances with their brand new Logitech G923. And we thank all the people who entered our competition Uh, during the week to try and win one of those steering wheels and a headset. All of that is valued uh, at close to $1,000. It's parked up podcast, biggest ever giveaway. It's huge. You're welcome. You're welcome, mate. So uh, yeah, thanks for having us up at Winton. Absolutely loved it. Uh, So look, while we were up there, obviously there was a Vic State series race happening. And then um, look, we've been to heaps of state level motor racing events during our time but and and, uh, while we weren't doing some of our logitech commitments we were uh you know wandering around and seeing all the all the people hanging around there are so many familiar faces that you generally see supercars events national level events and the one thing that i sort of noticed as i was doing it were the amount of father and offspring combinations um (laughs) In this case, it's definitely father and son. So I didn't see uh, any uh, uh, mothers and daughters or, of note. But look, here, here's a, uh, a pretty cool list who were at Winton over the weekend. Stephen Richards was helping Clay Richards with his Formula Ford. You had Jason Barguana helping Ben Barguana with his Hyundai Excel. And I also stumbled across Todd Kelly, who was watching a Hyundai Excel race and I thought, what is Todd Kelly doing 
not only watching the Hyundai Excel race, but he had the headset on uh, talking to someone out there on the, on the two-way, on the cans. And I'd completely forgotten that young Mason, who's now 16, Todd's eldest son, was out there in, I think, only his third or fourth uh, circuit race. So now a, a new father and son combination are, are out there getting the job done. So um, I used to work for Todd and the Kellys during the Nissan Motorsport days. So I thought this was an excellent opportunity to throw my microphone underneath his, uh, underneath his snout and also uh, young Mason. And uh, while they were driving or what? Uh, not while they were driving. I waited oh, okay. until the end of the weekend and everything had cooled off. They had a good weekend. The car was straight. They, uh, they drove it straight onto the back of the trailer and uh, the, the job was done. So um, uh, after our news, we'll uh, catch up with a little chat that I had with TK and his son, Mason, during the uh, very start of their circuit racing journey. And I tell you, there was another father-son combo out there. It was Tony D and young Oscar, young five-year-old Oscar, and you could not peel him off the Logitech simulators. He absolutely loved it. It's bad news, Grant. You've created a beast. You've created a beast. And you know what? His concentration face looks exactly like mine, funnily enough. (laughs) You know, Uh, I've got a few photos and video of him with the tongue firmly out. (laughs) He was just having a blast, having having more fun actually crashing the thing rather than driving it around the track. Um, but yeah, I hope it doesn't whet his appetite too much because uh, oh, mate, it's an expensive gone. game. You know, he told me he told me that he is going to be a race driver. I was born oh to God. be a race car driver. He did he not said, say he that. Absolutely, one hundred percent said that. Oh dear, your dad. Oh, oh no, I think my dad's done. My dad had to pay for me. You have to pay for Oscar too. Oh, I don't think that's how it works, mate. That's not how it works. Oh, All right. Let's move on. I don't want to talk about that. All right. Well, you can go start counting your pennies. And um, while you do that, let's intro the news. Okay. This is the news. The news is brought to us by motorsportwebsites.com.au. They will make your website, your online appearance be just as good as what Parked Up's is. You can go to parkedup.com.au to see some of their absolute best work. And Shane and the team at Motorsport Websites actually doing another little project for me behind the scenes, getting ready for a nice tasty announcement, Tony. We're getting so very close. I reckon in in two or three weeks, I'm going to be able to share something really special, really cool with everyone. And the guys at Motorsport Websites have uh, have really helped with that. So, excellent! Can't, can't wait for that. That will be big news. That will that will take up an entire episode of oh. Parked Up when it comes out. It's huge. It's massive. Okay, excellent. I can't wait for it. Oh shush! I know you're being sarcastic now. All right, uh, let's let's talk about uh, the Bathurst Six Hour this weekend. Now we know that there are some potential border issues uh, that have come up uh, regarding the event. I reckon it's going to be okay. We're going to get through it. Brisbane's going to lock it down. They locked it down for three days. Everyone's going to be able. I reckon ninety nine percent of the people are going to be able to get to Mount Panorama, and this event isn't going to be affected too much. I say that with my fingers firmly crossed, uh, because you know uh, we all love a, a, a great event at Mount Panorama, and everyone who has entered should have the opportunity to come and do it. As long as they're not coughing and spluttering and mm. uh, feeling sick, they can stay away. Everyone else, come bring your cars. Uh, if you're a fan, come on the sidelines and experience Mount Panorama for what should be three awesome days at Australia's best racetrack. TD, in TCR, it's the first time mm. that the category has ever gone there. Chas Mostert currently leads. Luke King is second. Both of those guys in an Audi, both of them are going to be carrying a little bit of extra uh, kilograms thanks to their success and there's going to be a third Audi actually there's four Audis joining but certainly uh, well, the one in particular is Garth Tander who comes in he won't have any of that driver compensation weight Liam McAdam the Brisbane privateer I, I, I'm, I'm hoping he's uh, not compromised by any of these COVID and, and border issues but those two Audis both won't have 
that extra weight that Chaz and Luke King will be carrying. How does 60 kilos hurt a under two litre turbocharged touring car around that big 6.213 kilometre circuit? I think it's definitely going to make it, make it challenging for Chaz to try and be quicker than uh, Garth. Um, you got two top quality drivers there. Um, the big thing though, like if Garth's got no weight on board that Audi, we will not see which way he's, he's going to go. So I think the category needs to be onto that. And, uh, you know, we can't have a, a repeat of Simmons planes where we had domination from a particular brand. So yeah, let's hope they're onto that really soon in the weekend because we don't want to have any of that aggro. No aggro. Well, you were the only one being aggro. Oh, mate. It was all tears, all tears, but we're all happy now. We're all happy back on the podium, heading in the right direction, you know, all that good stuff. But yeah, it will be a great event though. I'm very much looking forward to it. Driving anything around Bathurst is incredible. So yeah, whether or not the event goes ahead, I don't care. I'm going. <laughs> I am going. Yeah. You, you and I will definitely be there. So just from your your point of view, what is driving a TCR car around Bathurst going to be like? There's been a lot of talk. There's been a lot of predictions on lap times, um, you know, and a lot of comparisons to that other touring car class that dominates the headlines in the local motorsport world. But what's it really going to be like to drive around? And what, when, what do you reckon the lap times will be? I haven't even thought about it, actually, to be honest, the lap times. Um I mean, I think the cars are going to feel a little bit slower than what I'm used to up and down Mountain, uh, mountain Straight and Conrod. I think they're going to be quite lively across the top of the mountain uh, and especially down the hill. Uh, I think that's going to be the real tricky point with those cars because when you're off the throttle, that unlocks the diff in the front and they become quite lively. So you have to come off the throttle at some point down the hill to brake and slow down. So at that point, uh, they could be a bit of a handful. But I think there's going to be a lot of slipstreaming um, we're gonna, we saw a lot of that at Phillip Island. Um, I just really hope it's close racing. We have massive battle packs and you don't want to lead, lead the last lap, so to speak, because you're going to get hosed down the straight. So a bit of strategy comes into play. And we see that in, in racing like Formula Ford, uh, Formula V or you know Formula 3, something like that at different circuits. Perhaps we'll see that at Bathurst um, in TCR. But I think the first session, you know, it's one of those places where you can't just go out there and attack. You really sort of have to build up to it because you have to be absolutely certain the car can cope with that a particular speed through the corner because there's, there's no second chance there. Um, a little bit different once you come off the mountain and the bottom part of the circuit is a bit more sort of traditional, with a bit of runoff. But once you get up to turn two, um, it's hold your breath all the way across the top and and down to the elbow. So I think that will take a little bit of time for drivers to sort of build up confidence. And mate, we don't actually have a lot of time in practice, quite short sessions. Some drivers haven't even been to Bathurst before. Um, so they've got a lot of work to do. But to be honest, even though I've been there quite a few times, I don't feel like I've got a big advantage over anybody else. Um, yeah, we haven't driven these cars. So I don't know what to expect. No preconceived ideas because I'll be shitting my pants otherwise. <laughs> so I'll just get out there and go for it. <laughs> you threw me with the uh, pooey pants, but um, <laughs> the uh, of course the TCRs will dominate a lot of the headlines there, but an awesome support card with a GT World Challenge. Of course, the Trans Ams will be there. There'll be uh, some demo laps for S5000. So interesting to see what they are like the very first time around at uh, what will be like almost a race speed. Uh, and then of course, you've got the actual Bathurst six hour. There's also uh, XL racing. There's also um, radicals uh, and some historic racing as well. So, uh, th there's plenty going on uh, other than the TCR, which obviously you'll be focused most of your attention on. What else will you like to look at? I'll be checking out the GT racing because I absolutely love uh, driving GT cars around Bathurst. Super amount of commitment across the top of the mountain. And this weekend, you know, we're going to see Shane Van Gisbergen back in the Mercedes Benz. So that'll be interesting to see how he handles things. And, uh, you know, it's quite a good field there. Chaz will be in there. Tan will be in there. David Wall is actually going to partner up with Adrian Dietz in the Lamborghini. So mm -hmm. that's going to be quite a quite a good pairing as well. So, yeah, the racing we saw at Phillip Island, the racing was very good in GT at the front. 
So, uh, you know, Bathurst should be just as good. So I'll be keeping an eye on that. But, mate, look, I could, I can't go past Trans Am. Uh-oh, here it comes. And my mate, Timmy Brook. I can't wait to see Timmy Brook tackle the mountain in his Trans Am car, his tradie pad Trans Am car. Wow. Tim Brook. You got it. There's your three. Uh, those Trans Am cars at Bathurst. Now, the, the Trans Ams have actually been there before in amongst other sort of mixed classes. I think they were there as part of those Aussie tin tops. They've done some other stuff at Mount Panorama as well, but we've never actually seen a full grid of these cars. And I think when you see the likes of Aaron Seaton and Owen Kelly, Tim Brook, Nathan Hearn, series leader, are all right at the very front. Talk about uh, hold your breath from turn two over uh, up until you get to the end of sector two in a TCR car. I think it's going to be hold your breath the entire journey of the race. They're they're going to be extremely close and those things are loose. They're loose. I I actually saw, I was privileged enough to see some onboard from Timmy Brook. Uh, That's five times now I think I've mentioned his name. Jesus. Uh, At Phillip Island in Quali. And mate, he is working the wheel that hard. Talk about a wheelman. Um, I said, is that normal? Are you, are you meant to be working that hard? Because if that's the case, I'm never driving one of those things ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, yeah, I think that's normal. So, you know, Phillip Island's got very similar traits to Bathurst, you know, high speed. Um, the car moves around quite a bit. And they've got such a baggy tire on them that they they do move quite a bit before they settle. And, uh, yeah, I think the, the drivers that are a little bit more confident will be happier with the car moving around, but some of the others may not, and we might see a bit of a disparity in lap time. So I think people that are a bit keener to go take a bit more risk and let the car move around are going to be up the front of the field. Now, I was talking a lot about what sort of lap time we might see from TCR at Mount Panorama, but I think the lap times that people will be most interested in is that of the S5000. So I think mm. we're going to see young Cooper Webster, who took the win in the wet weather race. He's going to be there, I believe. I might be talking out of school there. Uh, and there might be one more uh, attending as well. And I reckon there's going to be a lot of stopwatches out on pit lane, maybe out of, even out in uh, fan land and uh, in the media center, seeing what sort of times that these guys will be able to do in these big V8-powered open wheel cars can we convince you to jump in one around that job? no 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 i'll i'll leave it to the experts <laughs> the experts no thank you <laughs> it's certainly be one of the more interesting on track uh sessions that we see at the bathurst six hour this weekend at the world famous mount panorama and it'll be all across the screens of seven you won't be able to miss a single thing you should just go there anyway come and see us Come and see yeah. us. We'll give Come you on. a pucked up t-shirt. No, we won't. I don't have no. any of those. So Actually, yeah, do I don't that. think you've given people that you promised those t-shirts. One yet. was James Fleming though. and he, Yeah, he's real like, shitty. He, that's okay. That's fine. Hey, I tell you what we are doing. We're giving away a Logitech G923 steering wheel at the end of this episode. If you have entered our competition that we had on Facebook and Instagram, you will have the chance to win. We're selecting one lucky winner and that's going to be a very, very cool prize to give away. So we thank Logitech for that. All right, cool. So there's heaps more we could talk about the six hour. We didn't even talk about the actual six hour race, but uh, that's it's actually a race that I want to enter one day. That would be kind of cool, I reckon. What do you reckon? Would you do it with me? Wow. After seeing your performance in the Vectra, um, not a few years ago, probably not. Fine, I'll Actually, find You haven't put else. that footage up on Facebook yet. Yeah, no, that's right. I'll save it for a rainy day. Okay. Lucky we're in a drought. <laughs> hey, I reckon we should move on to F1 news because that was a stellar race on the weekend. And I know you've got Tommy Howard on, well, not on the line just yet, but we're going to get him on the line to get some actual expert commentary. Cool. All right. I'm going to press the numbers and dial up. Tommy Howard is going to talk to us about F1 at Bahrain. It's great to have Tom Howard, the main man from autosport and motorsport.com. He's the news editor, formerly from speedcafe.com. He's now living in the UK. Tommy, thanks for coming on to talk some F1 with us. Thanks for having me. It's nice nice to talk to you guys again. It's been a while. 
Hey, before we talk about F1, tell us about what life is like in the UK at the moment. Australia is currently stressed. It's panicked. Queensland has ruined everything and they've got a couple of cases of this COVID. Um, you guys still only have a couple of cases of COVID? <laughs> I wish. Um, it does make me laugh when I see these snap lockdowns for seven cases because uh, I think we're about 5,000 cases a day, something like that. Right, um, so, uh, yeah, life is pretty, pretty tough at the moment. So, um, yeah, we're, we're well, actually, from to, from today, we're allowed to actually go outside and to a park. So this will be fun. So um, I'm <laughs> actually going go to go and meet up with a friend today because it's my day off. So um, that would be the first time I've seen them since September, I think. So, yeah, it's pretty hard at the moment. But... Um, we're certainly a lot better than the rest of Europe for the vaccine rollout. I think we've had 30 million vaccinated for the first dose now. So we're sort of pressing on, but we won't have restrictions lifted until June. So we're, uh, it's been a tough, tough time. I think I've been outside twice this year. So um, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been pretty difficult. Oh man. Well, uh, thanks for uh, updating our parked up listeners with all the motorsport and European COVID uh, updates as well. <laughs> this is a possibly a new angle for our pod. Mate, um, we're, we're thinking of you over there and uh, we, we certainly know it, it is tough and uh, as you can probably appreciate and all of our listeners, Australia is in a, a fantastic place, even though the uh, odd case here or there can sometimes create some pretty uh, negative headlines, but um, we're moving on, mate. Uh, first round of the Formula One World Championship was run over the weekend at the Bahrain circuit, and lots has changed, lots of excitement, an awesome race, I'm sure you'll agree, but it just seems like the more things change, the more stay the same. There's a, a two Mercedes on the podium and uh, a Red Bull jammed in the middle. Yeah, it may look like that from the outside, but uh, certainly if you dig a little deeper, it, it, a lot has changed. Uh, I think it's fair to say it's been a while since we've seen the Mercedes on the back foot and they were properly on the back foot all weekend and in the race. So there's, um, I think Christian Horner summed it up pretty well after the race was saying the winners were the fans because we got a great race for a change and a proper race. It was There was actually a contest. It wasn't a procession. You know, Max Verstappen should have won, really, to be honest. And uh, Lewis Hamilton won with a car that isn't the best car for a change. So, in many ways, uh, a lot has changed. Tommy, do you reckon this year, finally, we're going to see a battle of the Titans, Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, and throw in a couple of extras there as well. And Ferrari were going quite well also. Could this be the year that we don't just see Mercedes-Benz just disappear into the distance? Or are we not going to see a form guide for a little bit? Absolutely. I think I think you are in for an absolute treat because um, Mercedes aren't going to be able to recover this ground quickly. The rule changes have really impacted them and, and Racing Point now, Aston Martin, because of their high-rake car concept and the removal of some of the some of the rear floor areas that were generating a lot of downforce has really impacted them. So to to recover that ground is going to take some time. So I think Certainly for the first few races, you're going to see Red Bull on top and Mercedes having to really work hard on strategy to, to outdo them, which is kind of what they did on Sunday. So, yeah, I think you might see McLaren in there. They were a little bit uh, off the pace compared to testing on Sunday, but I think uh, I think they'll be up there. That that diffuser they've got on their car is very clever. And Ferrari as well, yeah, that, that sort of gave everyone a little bit of hope that mm. they're not as bad as they were last year. So. Um, certainly, yeah, I think one of the key points that we should take from this is that obviously a lot of people have knocked Hamilton just saying like, you know, he only wins because he's in the best car. But yeah, yesterday he wasn't in the best car and he proved just why he's just, he's, ho he's so good. And uh, yes, I know track limits did sort of play a factor in that and we can come to that a bit later. But at the end of the day, he won the race and managed to hold off a car that was quicker than him. So, you know, hats off to him. I think one of the most impressive things about Hamilton's game is he's able to string a whole season together. We often see Bottas come out strong at the start of the year, challenge him for a few races, but can't sort of keep that consistency up throughout a whole year. 
Whereas Lewis, he, he can just hit it weekend after weekend. That consistency is incredible. Do you think Max can match him in that regard? That is going to be the big question, isn't it? I mean, in the past, Max has tended to crumble uh, when under pressure. But I think we are going to see a new Max Verstappen now. He's he's matured to a point now. And I think we saw on the weekend, uh, maybe the old Max Verstappen might have thrown it away completely um, on Sunday. But he didn't. He actually held it together and and uh, kept pushing Hamilton right to the end. But uh, yeah, I think I think we will see... Max actually string us together. I think he's at the point now where he's had all the experience. I mean, he's still young, but he's been there for such a long time in a way that he, I reckon he's got the experience now to really actually go for this title. So we saw a, a fantastic end to the race, Tommy, with Lewis and, and Max dueling it out and Max actually getting passed in, in, the, in the Red Bull car, but then giving that position back because of the the track limits issue that he thought he'd run across. But did he actually need to concede? Did he actually need to hand that back? Had, did he hand the win back to Lewis when he shouldn't have? Maybe he should have just uh, pressed on and, and, and taken it? Well, this is this is the key point of the race, and, it, and, and a lot needs to be um, ironed out from this, shall we say. Uh, the ruling is very is a very grey area, and uh, Michael Massey actually came out last night and said that um, the reason Max was radioed to, to to give the place back was that he got a lasting advantage from from going off track to pass Hamilton. So you can kind of understand where Massey's coming from. Yes, obviously he's passed him off the track, so therefore he has got a lasting advantage. But we saw loads of people going off the road there during the race and it wasn't penalised. But again, uh, Toto Wolf said at the end of the race that this needs tightening up. I think his quote was, that at the moment, it's a Shakespeare novel. It's it's open to interpretation. So it really needs to be tightened up. So you can understand why Max is a bit aggrieved by this. So, um, yeah, I think, you, you yeah, you could argue he's handed the win back to him. Even if he didn't let him pass and they applied a five-second penalty, he would have stood a chance of maybe getting that gap to still have the win. So, yeah, there's a lot of controversy around this. Uh, not not unusual in Formula 1. There's always a few uh, issues that are pretty grey and we see it in supercars a lot as well, don't we? So, um, yeah, this this ruling does need to be tightened up, I think, certainly for, um, certainly for Bahrain. I think it shows a much more mature Max Verstappen to give back that position and maybe think about the championship. Um, but I want to get your thoughts on Danny Rick. Uh, we want to move on to F2 in a moment, but uh, what were your thoughts on his first weekend with McLaren? Yeah, difficult, difficult one for Danny Ricciardo, obviously, because he's, he's going, uh, you know, he's got a, he's got a brand new team and car to get used to. And he's going up against Lando's it's basically Lando's team at this point, isn't it? So Always a difficult challenge for him, but I think he did admirably. Certainly in qualifying, he showed that he's you know up to pace, up to speed with this car. Uh, in sun, Sunday's race, was disappointing for him, and he, he openly said that um, he struggled for pace. We, there may well have been an issue with the car. He got there was some contact with Gasly, so mm. there might have been some contributing factors. But ultimately, he had a lonely race to seventh, didn't he? So it looked kind of on paper, it looked quite disappointing, but. I think there are other factors at play there. So um, certainly, I think I think we're in for an interesting year with with Danny Rick at McLaren. Great, great pairing at the, the, him and Lando at uh, McLaren. Great for you know, great for the sport really because those those two are quite entertaining. So um, yeah, I think Ricardo's ultimately made made the right move to go to McLaren. Big call to leave uh, Renault now Alpine, but we saw how they struggled on the weekend. So. Um, yeah, honestly, I think Daniel Ricciardo fans should be pretty excited because I think I think we're in for a good year for him. And as Tony said, there there was another Aussie to look out for over the weekend in Bahrain. Oscar Piastri took a surprise first win in the Formula Two class. Now he's coming off the back of winning the uh, F three class. He's making his way up the ranks. He, he got he got knocked out of that uh, last race, the main race. But he certainly uh, put a big stake in the ground to say that, you know, he's going to be there. He's going to threaten. What's the vibe like on Oscar Piastri over in your part of the world? Yeah, obviously, I, I, I'm the F2 correspondent for, for Autosport, motorsport.com. So it's my sort of... Another title. Uh, this, this is your beat. 
Yeah, this is my beat. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm getting up to pace with it. But uh, yeah, certainly Oscar is is well thought of, and certainly uh, after this weekend, people have set up and took notice of just what a talent this kid is, and. Uh, he couldn't have uh, he couldn't have done any more really on his debut to to you know with what he did and uh, I think what I like about him is um, he's very confident but not arrogant or cocky like he has this sort of swagger but he's not uh, sort of cocky with it and I, and I really like that and the fact that he doesn't shy away from from any questions or anything he's he's just he's confident in his own ability and he knows he knows he's he's good. Um, and yeah, certainly his performance over the weekend uh, outshone any expectations uh, that he had going in. And that second race that he won was was phenomenal. Um, one of one of the, probably one of the best races I've seen in a long time. Full stop. It was uh, it was crazy. And and those were his words at the end. It was the craziest victory he's ever had. Craziest race he's had ever had. And I think the composure he showed to pull off that move on on Joe. Uh, and hold off Lungard on those those final laps just shows what a talent he's going to be because those two drivers have been in this championship before. In fact, Joe is his third year. So to pull that off, uh, I know he had a tyre advantage, but to pull that off and keep it all together and win was was phenomenal. He's really, really shown to Alpine that he could well be the man for the future. Do you think if he got the opportunity to go to Formula One next year, he'd actually be ready for it? I mean, he's got some amazing people in his corner. Obviously, Mark Webber um, looks after him. Um, Emma Murray as well works closely with him as well um, on the psychology side of things. And we know how good she is with her work with Scott McLaughlin. But do you think he's ready for it? If he got that call up, let's say he has a ripper year, um, could we see him in F1 next year? Or you reckon he needs a couple more years? I, it's a it's a difficult question, isn't it? I mean, you can see sometimes drivers get fast tracked and it really doesn't help them. But then look at Yuki Sonoda; he's mm. come straight in from Formula Two this year and he seems to have coped admirably. And yet he only sort of finished third in the championship race last year, I think. So yes, I think I think Oscar could do it. There's no reason why he couldn't. But there is all that risk that maybe you are pushing someone a bit too hard too early. But Certainly, from what what we've seen, like he doesn't, he just seems to cope with any situation he's in. You know, he's won the Formula Renault title, you know, second time of, of asking. He won Formula Three at the first time of asking. Now he's now he looks like he's in the title race for F two, and those cars are obviously massively different to what he was in F three. So he's shown he can adapt himself easily. So why not? I mean, sure, he's got all the people, as you say, in this in his corner. To help him, should he get that opportunity? So, yeah, I think he could do. Another driver that uh, we did want to mention today, Liam Lawson, uh, amazing performance as well. Now he's not quite an Aussie, but he's a Kiwi, yeah, so we, we sort of adopt him. Cassie Bros over over the ditch there. <laughs> he he had a win as well in his first outing um, in the Red Bull, so he's part of that junior program. But uh, very impressive to get the win straight out of the box. Yeah, absolutely. Liam was brilliant. Um, he came under a lot of pressure from Jan Deruva, another guy that's been in the in the championship more than he has. So, um, yeah, he he did brilliantly, and he should have had, in many ways, he should have had three podiums from all from all the races. He got taken out of the second one, and while he was battling for third. So, um, yeah, awesome weekend for Liam. Uh, brilliant stuff. And I, I guess if you uh, if you're an Aussie or a Kiwi, you're loving at the moment because. You've got Oscar, you've got Liam, and you've also got Marcus Armstrong in there. So, um, but, uh, you know, really sort of, um, uh, you know, batting above your average in a way because the, the populations you guys have down there, that is incredible to have those those drivers in that in that fray. So, yeah, Liam, brilliant, brilliant performance. He's a good kid, um, really good attitude, like the way he, uh, he doesn't forget where he's from. Like in the press conference, he even mentioned Kenny Smith, who... Uh, is his mentor, you know, so he, he, he knows like who, all the people and doesn't forget about them. So, uh, yeah, no, he's great talent. I cannot wait to see uh, Oscar and Liam and Marcus go, uh, go, uh, you know, go against each other this year because I think there's there's a really good title uh, battle there and they'll be in it. Did Liam mention me or Tony while he was in that? <laughs> I don't no, know. No, no, no. 
didn't, sadly, all that information that you've given him, you just didn't forget. You didn't, you didn't remind you. Did he mention the parked up podcast or? <laughs> of course, of course he did. Of course he did. Now, I'll, I'll make sure I mention it in the next presser. Thank you. Okay, thank good. You. Thank you, Tommy. Um, mate, uh, we thank you for uh, coming on and uh, helping us out with our coverage of the Formula One's first round at Bahrain. And we look forward to the next 22 races or whatever oh, it man, might be. Massive. Now that massive. you're allowed out into the park, will they actually let you to an event at some time soon? I think you're, I, firstly, I think you're uh, ambitious that there's going to be 22 races. Right. Um, because, uh, at the moment, Europe's in a in a lot worse state than us, and I, I at this point, I'll be surprised if the next Grand Prix goes ahead. But um, anyway, uh, it might well they might well come to some sort of agreement and get get it on the on the on the board. But uh, yeah, hopefully, I I'd get to an event. I, I'm supposed to be going to some some events this year, but um, again, it just you just don't know. You can't you can't sort of bank on anything at the moment. So. Um, so hopefully by July I'll be vaccinated, so that might help. But um, yeah, I'd love to get to an event, but I think it's a long way off. So the next event is at San uh, San Marino. They held yeah. an event last year in the in the depths or in the midst of the pandemic, but obviously things just haven't improved over there enough that you can even be confident to go to that second round. Well, when they held the race there last year, it was actually in sort of in our summer, and they were starting to get to grips with it. But um, th- there's there's a third wave now in Europe, so at the moment, Italy and Germany have particularly have tightened up their borders and, and movements, shall we say? So um, let, let's be honest. At, at the moment, over here, we can probably move around a bit more than they can. So yeah it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens there um certainly there's been some noises around that has suggested it might the, the gp might be a threat you know but who knows like it, it everything changes day by day here you just cannot uh, predict what what's going to happen well tommy thank you very much again one final question you moved uh, from australia back to your homeland just about when the pandemic first hit, do you do you? Of course, you worked at Speed Cafe for uh, for seven or eight years there. Not uh, not too long after I'd left, actually, you joined uh, Stephen Bartholomeus, Crusher, and the team at Speed Cafe. Do you miss us? Of course, yeah, um, yeah. No, it's yeah, it's not been the <laughs> easiest of years. Obviously, I wanted to to go. The reason I came home originally was just to spend time with family but I haven't been able to do a great deal of that because of the pandemic so I still haven't seen a lot of my family since since I've come back so you should have just invited them into your house yeah all be locked together yeah so it's it's not been ideal but yeah I really do miss I do miss all the all the Australian stuff and like even like you know watching supercars you still, you know, once you've once you've worked in that series, it sort of becomes a bit of a part of you. So it, it felt very odd watching Bathurst and not being there. Um, and yeah, just you know, I've made a lot of friends over over there, and I, I do miss everyone. It's quite it's quite strange, really. And even to this point where, like, I was just getting some cravings for some Aussie food, so I ended up uh, ordering some Tim Tams the other day. So. Uh, <laughs> and stuff like that so uh yeah it's it's weird how it gets you but uh yeah hopefully we'll be back in the future when your borders do eventually open cool brother all right well we appreciate you getting up uh a bit early to uh to talk to us i know you do enjoy your sleep-ins but um <laughs> uh, you have uh, made an exception for the parked up podcast and we appreciate that and we'll grab you later in the year for some more uh, UK style F1 and COVID updates. <laughs> cool. Thank you very much for having me. Cheers, mate. Thank you. And we thank Tommy Howard for his time talking about F1 and COVID and missing Australia and Tim Tams and all those uh, things that we just spoke about. He's such a good lad. And, uh, you know, Tommy has won one of the, I think he's won the most V8 supercars uh media awards out of out of anyone he's been contributed to more victories than than even van lewin uh well van lewin actually only took well he took three recently 
uh, and he'd won a couple for his Below the Bonnet podcast before. But other than that, the, the last year was his um, first time to actually get the win. Stefan Bartholomeus has taken a few. Uh, I think Mark Fogarty's so, taken a few. I've won a couple. So you reckon Tommy Howard is the GOAT? I t- Tommy Howard, I feel, uh, I'd need to check some record books, but mm. I feel that he is the GOAT of the Supercars Media Awards. I think wow. he has won. I think he's won the most. Okay, there you have it. If it's not there him, it's definitely it. Stefan Bartholomeus. But uh, but Tommy is right up there. Um, actually, uh, that's I reckon that's about it for news. Is there much else? We haven't talked much about supercars. Anything supercarish nah. that you want to talk about? Nothing really. Just regurgitated information we already knew. Yeah, from okay. Sandown. Okay, no supercars news, but we do have a man who has made his name in supercars. It's Todd Kelly. I bumped into Todd while we're at Winton working with the team at Logitech and Todd was there with his 16 year old son, Mason, who is in the early stages of his Hyundai Excel racing career, his circuit racing debut. He's only done three or four race meetings and Todd and the trailer and the, and the pickup truck and the car were, that was it. It was just the, uh, just the two of them, uh, a, a couple of toolboxes and off they were going racing. So real grassroots style stuff. So I thought I'd grab Todd for a quick chat on the Parked Up podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels here just to see how things go in the uh, in the slightly slower lane of Hyundai XL racing for young Mason. It's great to welcome Todd Kelly to the Parked Up podcast. TK, we're at Winton. It's not a supercars event. What are you doing out here? Well, we just finished loading up uh, my son Mason's Hyundai back onto the trailer, which is good. It's all in one piece, and um, he's got through another weekend of the XL series. So out of carts into his now fourth or fifth uh, circuit race. How's he going? Well, he's not going too bad. I think it's um, maybe his third or fourth race. Um, it's been a challenge, the, the whole period of, of Mason's motorsport career with the supercars um, schedule being so hectic he only ever did every second or third race at best in his go-kart and um, just the amount of time required for uh, practice like all the other kids have we thought well we'll get out of go-karts because we just can't afford the time to do it properly and then um, he has a real bug for his driving and we've actually got a little Hyundai paddock bomb at home and uh, we thought well, we'll get into a, a race car at least that'll give May something to really enjoy and focus on in between the races with working on the car so he does all the prep on the car 100% himself and if it's not finished we don't go to the track if it is and he's done a good job we'll, we'll take him racing so it's a completely different ball game to go-karts and something I'm a little more familiar with going to actual car race tracks and Mace is having an absolute ball so far. And how good is this? It's 2pm in the afternoon and you're packing up heading home. <laughs> Yeah, it is, a, it is a little bit different. We can sit in the car and debrief on the way home instead of having big meetings in boardrooms and things. <laughs> Completely different uh, story. But, yes, yeah, it's, it's really good fun. It's um, pretty low-key race weekend, the, these kind of weekends. You have uh, two races normally on, on a day, so there's plenty of time to talk about the car and tinker with the car and do all those sorts of things that... Um, you know, we take a lot more seriously at, at our end of motorsport, but that's really, you know, where you start learning and it's all the same stuff. So I've also got Mason Kelly here. Now, Mason, when I worked for your old man in the supercars, you were like 10 years old, just uh, riding your bike around the garage. Do you mind, please stop growing up? Like you, when I was working there, you definitely weren't ready to race a car. How are you finding the drive, racing the Hyundai XL? Yeah, well, it's um, pretty different to carts and it takes a lot more preparation and time to get the car to the track and um, there's a lot more setup involved in the car, which is all good learning. And, um, yeah, and the racing's pretty close on the track. So, yeah, you got to have your um, eyes on your mirrors all the time, which, um, yeah, it's a it's, um, good learning experience. So just in that race that I watched you out there, you finished seventh. I think yesterday you might have finished fifth or sixth. So you, it, it's a it's a super competitive class, but you, you're doing pretty good for someone who's just new into it. Um, yeah, um, I'm not not going too bad, but um, the car's still in one piece, and 
and there's a lot of cars that don't, that come away from these weekends that um, get pretty dinged up. So yeah, I'm just happy that it's um, back on the trailer. And now, what's uh, what's Dad like to have on the sidelines talking to you on the cans while while you're driving around, helping with setup and other bits and pieces? Is he uh, is he a crazy racer, Dad, or is he uh, quite cool and calm? Um, no, he's pretty relaxed and he enjoys tinkering on the car um, throughout the day and. Um, and yeah, I think he doesn't mind coming along and um, yeah, it's, it's just nice to have a weekend where it's not too serious and we can just have some fun. And aspirations for, for future, you're only young, how old are you? Um, I just turned 16. Okay, you're very young, you've got a long time, but would you like to do, uh, you know, more racing beyond this? Um, yeah, I think I'd like to keep racing in um, further categories, for now it's just, um, more for fun and we're just enjoying it whilst um, we can and uh, but it I'd be interested in a further um, well I don't know career but yeah for now it's just for fun yeah perfect and now what does mum think of you racing high-speed cars like this yeah well she doesn't mind most weekends she's away with my sister at a horse event so it's a pretty busy schedule but yeah we um, do our thing and um, yeah, she, she doesn't mind doing it. So while uh, Mason and yourself have been out here racing cars, a different sort of horsepower for Alex as well. The family is very busy this weekend. Yeah, we're um, struggling to keep up with the mowing and the weeds at home <laughs> this time of year. But yeah, Ali um, has been doing a little bit of horse riding. We've got a few acres at home, so it's great that both kids can get home from school and once they've done their homework and their chores, they can either jump on the horse and and um, ride around or Mace can drive his car around and it, it's good for the kids that they have a, a fair bit of responsibility with that um, and they've got to actually plan you know an event from getting their gear ready to making sure whether it's a car or the horse it's the same sort of thing it's a lot of preparation involved and um, and thought and obviously passion in it so it's really good training for every aspect of growing up and, and kids having responsibility they're very lucky now let me just switch very quickly to a V8 supercars. Last time they were buzzing around Sandown. Podium finish for David Reynolds, Andre Heimgartner was also very competitive. You'd said to me yesterday that he should have been on the podium as well. Uh, things are looking pretty good. Yeah, we've uh, had a pretty solid start to the season. Um, a, lot of, a lot of parts have been made for the car. We're, we're throwing all sorts of stuff at our development and it's quite handy, the machine shop Probably for the well, since we converted to Ford, it's probably been 80% um, outside work at the race team, just keeping it going. And and now it's the other way around. We're 80% making parts for the car, and 20% um, outside work. So it's really how it should be, um, and we're getting getting results from all of that effort as well. So yeah, really really happy with how the whole team's tracking at the moment, and the drivers are, are doing a pretty solid job as well. So to be where we are this early in the season and and have as many things thrown at the cars and the drivers as we have had, um, you know, I think we're in for a reasonably solid year. Is it where your expectations are? Is it slightly above that? A lot of changes within the team, of course, Rick out and David in and uh, some ownership changes as well. There's, there's a fair bit going on. Yeah, there is, um, but I think where we are is where I expected to be, to be honest. Um, you know, if we've done an average job and with the cars we had, we should have been kind of seventh to tenth. Um, as we make improvements, you know, we need to be in the top five. And we've at Sandown, we're a few spots further up the field than where we were at Bathurst at our first round. Um, you know, which is sort of fifth to third, which is which is good. And and wet and dry pace was good. Um, Sandown is obviously a big engine track as well as car, and so is Simmons Plains. So hopefully we can go to the next round and be as competitive and then we'll really start to consolidate where we want to head with the car and the engineering and the setup after that and hopefully get some consistency up, up the pointy end. So next event is Simmons Plains. Now when I think of Simmons Plains and Kelly Racing, I think about watching four Nissan Altimers running right at the back of the field. And uh, this is uh, not, not a tear up on yourself, it was just where that program was it at at the time but yeah things things have moved on and uh, you know you should be able to slot into a competitive spot pretty early yeah it still it still burns me up a bit the, the whole nissan thing because um we had a, a good car back in the day um and our engine program took too long to 
to really come on on song. And by the time we got the engine good, we were racing against a ZB and then a Mustang, which shouldn't have even been in the same category. So if we had had the engine at places like Tassie, um, you know, earlier on, there was no reason those cars shouldn't have been, you know, podium contention. But it wasn't to be. And you can see now in Super 2 when it's actually racing against the cars that it should have been with, with the decent engine, um, the cars are good. So it's a shame, but um, the, the whole thing didn't really line up in, in the end. But now now it does. So we've got good aero. You know, our engines are, are the same as everyone else. And there's, there's no reason why we can't get results with the current car. Let me just ask a quick one about Gen 3, it's coming up, like you played a huge role in that car of the future with the Nissan program, you saw how that rolled out and how that played out, how much different is Gen 3 tracking, is it going to suit your team, it's a very loose question because there's so many uh, different elements to it, but what's your take on it, you know, now in March, April, eight months out, nine months out from getting on track with a new one? Well, it's a funny, it's a funny situation. Um, I don't actually know a terrible amount about the car. <laughs> you know, there's committees and committees on committees with people involved in the design and, and the decision making, and I'm not actually involved in any of it. Which, um, which means that you know, the specs of the, the suspension and the engines and all that stuff are, are going on behind closed doors at supercars. So I'm just waiting to get a rule book released and actually some information on on what we need to gear up for because um, the end of the year is you know, on, on its way and it ends up being faster than you think when you're racing a championship at the same time and I, I as, as well as anyone probably more than most um, know how much is involved in building a whole new car and engine package so hopefully um, it's not too far away we can start getting some drawings and, and whether you know, we need to make certain parts or it's all outsourced or all of those questions still haven't actually been passed on to the majority of the team so um, on paper you know all the discussions that have been had with the spec of the car and what, what is trying to be achieved is 100% right it's just a matter of um, you know, whether we execute it well this time. I could talk forever, but I'm going to let you go because I know you've got to burn down the Hume Highway. But I'm just looking at the Hyundai and it's got a cracked windscreen. Does that get changed for the next race? Well, it's been past scrutineering for this weekend, so hopefully I can <laughs> leave it in for next one as well. Thanks for your time, TK. No worries. And we thank TK for his time on the Parked Up podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels. And uh, that was uh, really cool to talk to Todd and to Mason. I think that was Mason's world first interview. That was a world exclusive uh, for a Mason Kelly interview. Wow, he did very well. Very well. He was was a little nervous, but I'd be nervous too if there's a gray-haired galoot (laughs) microphone shoving it in my face as well. That would be um, that would be terrible. But cool to now, talk. I did to- want to ask you um, about yeah. XL racing. Right. Um, now, I heard you're a big fan, and it is very popular in Australia. Not yeah, only heaps. Victoria, you know, Queensland, all the different states have their state championships. Apparently, there is six over 600 registered Hyundai Excels racing in Australia. Apparently, it's, it's more cost effective than go karting. Uh, that probably sounds about right. I reckon the entry fees are probably a little bit more, but the maintenance, I guess, or, mm. or like a, obviously not club club style go-karting because you can do that pretty cheap. But if you're working your way through the uh, state or in particular the national level, then yeah, it can get a bit exy. But, um, you know, there's also lots of questions about, you know, who's got what component inside mm. their Excel as well. Oh, um, you know, so I'm sure, I'm sure it's just like any other category. That's right. The, he, I mean, Triple Eight are building them now. Yes. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I think Roland's racing one. At yeah, he Winton. raced one on the weekend. They, so he was at Morgan Park. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there was like 40 of them there. There was uh, 28 or 30 at Winton. Now, when they go back to Winton for their uh, national round or whatever it is, Roland Dane is going to be racing. That's going to be <laughs> that's going to be really cool. And you could just imagine that is going to be the nicest Hyundai XL that has ever graced the planet. I think he's going to need every little bit of help he can get, though. I've seen him drive around the track. <laughs> no, no, I'm only tricking. We know we know Roland is an avid listener of our podcast. Um, so yeah, I'm sure he's a very good driver.
Yes. <laughs> well, he definitely, I don't know if he's an avid listener. He definitely listened to one episode and he did compliment no, no, me. No. Everyone, everyone. He's Every- subscribed and everything. Amazing. I love it. <laughs> Okay, cool. So look, if you can't afford to go Hyundai Excel racing, what you can afford to do is get a simulator and practice yourself at home with no risk of damaging anything. You can crash as much as you like. And I tell you what, if you're going to be holding anything while you're crashing, it's definitely going to want to be a Logitech G923. And one lucky person right this very second, Tony D, is going to win one. Not only going to win the steering wheel, and the pedals with the true force technology, but they're also going to get the cool Logitech headsets. I know that you've got the headsets too, mm. and you'll be able to talk up the headsets. No doubt. I love the headset. It's um, it's wireless. So it's very cool. The, actually the other night though, it did run out of batteries. That oh. was a bit of a shit, but well, you've got to charge it. That's a user yeah. issue. Sorry, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is definitely 100%. Uh, but the sound quality is incredible and not having bloody wires hanging around is even better. So uh, I've got my Logitech um, headset on my real SIM, my real expensive one. It's not actually real, but it's very expensive. Um, but this is a great prize, unbelievable prize on our Parked Up podcast. I think the best prize we've ever given away. Like those T-shirts were okay. You know, mm-hmm. we've had a few drink bottles and things from our mate at our Dean Salmon at Evolve Driver Training. That that's okay. That's great. Thank you. Yep. Mm-hmm. But a steering race wheel, fuels, race fuels hats. They're cool. Yeah, they're actually. I still haven't got mine. Okay. Well, enter a competition. Hell no. Just give me one. Okay. Well, well, we'll see. All right. Do we need a do drum I have roll? to enter a competition because... to get a hat? Or yes, you do. You have. I'm going to compet- I'm going to speak to Mark Tini. Okay. You go, you yep. go straight to the source. One. You go straight yep. to the source. Yeah. The, the great man, Mark Tini. All right. Do we need a d- drum roll for the biggest Absolutely. prize ever given away in parked up history? Powered by race fields. Here we go. Drum roll. <laughs> and the winner of the Logitech G923 is Lockie May. Lockie May is from Brisbane. And he commented on our Facebook page and he is the winner of the logitech g923 steering wheel pedals and the headset all thanks to our friends at logitech g they're great people we had a bunch of fun with them at winton and i reckon lucky may and all of his brand new sim racing mates are going to uh, get the most out of the true force technology so uh so there you go what a moment what a moment for lucky may what a moment for the sport what a moment for parked up. We're, we're just making people happy. Yeah, you know, well, that, we made one person happy, and about yeah, everyone else is a bit shitty. Yeah, they hate us. They hate us. Uh, but look, that's that's uh, just the beginning. So if you thought that prize was amazing, Grant in a couple of weeks has got an even better prize coming. We're giving away. He's going to announce car. it. He's going to give away a oh. Nish, Nissan Qashqai um, <laughs> that's just been repaired from a Bathurst yes. shunt. Yep, it was today that I picked up my freshly repaired Nissan Qashqai after uh, it had never a, looked so good. It had a little insert. Well, it's definitely it's washed. It looks exactly the same as it was, um, you know, one second before we plowed into the back of that Ute. <laughs> uh, it's just washed now. Um, uh, there's a bit of fuel missing because I'd only we'd only just refueled. I left Bathurst with full tank. And it's only got half a tank. So I think they've been uh, weird. carting it around, doing some. Someone's good, been driving at home. Doing their grocery runs with it. Yeah. Actually, the battery ran, uh, the battery died th- this afternoon when just before I went to pick it up, the battery died uh, and, and they got it to the mechanical repair. And it was all, they, I got a brand new battery and it was all covered oh. under insurance. There was oh. no better time Perfect. for the battery to cark it. So you're going to drive that to Bathurst now? I'm going to fly to Bathurst and I'm going to get a rental car and I'm going to okay. drive the rental car and everything's going, going to be sweet. I was going to say, don't let Duckman drive. <laughs> but you did risk it going to Winton the other day. You let Duckman drive. Yeah, no, he was, he was driving his own car. He was fine. I slept I slept in the, uh, in the passenger seat because we did leave pretty early. I hey, I do it. actually, before we go, go. I just, I just uh, remembered something that I, I'm – Desperately got to mention because it's a fantastic result. 
one of our friends that mm-hmm. listens every single week. Mm-hmm. He's one of my best mates, Maddie Kid. Yes. He's a mountain bike guru and mm-hmm. he's actually on his uniform. He's got parked up on his. He does. He's on his uniform, right? Mm-hmm. He's he put the logo on himself. We're not actually paying him anything, but he's he's out there promoting us. Thanks, brother. Thank you, Maddie yep. Kid. Thank you, mate. He had a big podium on the weekend. Very another good. podium in his mountain bike racing. And <laughs> the funny thing was, he sent me some video clips of his run that he finished third in, which is great. And he actually ran over a girl on the trail. Oh, no. Uh, another competitor or a, another competitor. A... So they let the girls go a little bit earlier because they're a little bit slower than, than the pros, I guess. Yep. And uh, anyway, this girl was battling a little bit and Maddie's riding behind her and you can see her in the distance. And he's like, rider, rider, rider. And then she's tried to get out of the way and stumbled. And then and Matt's had to like clear her. So like jump over her. Wow. Um, and he just pressed on. He's still got a podium. I think she, she was fine. She was fine. Okay. We're going to put that out there. No can darkness. we get footage of this shunt? Absolutely. Yeah, I've got yeah, it. Let's get that. Let's get that. Let's get that. Send but, it through. Uh, we'll put it up during the week. We'll give Matty Kidd a little bit of a run. That's a great result for him. Not a great result for that poor girl, but it sounds like she'll fight on for another day. She's recovering <laughs> no, no, well going. in the hospitals. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, no. She's all good. She, uh, she didn't even know who it actually was. She just said... Oh, some bloke with a parked up T-shirt ran over me out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that definitely did not happen. All right, that's it. It's episode number 51. It is wrapped up. And next time we talk to you, we'll talk about some uh, Mount Panorama action from the Bathurst six hour. Tony D, we wish you all the best in your Honda Civic Type R. Go out there and get parked up a couple of trophies. You beauty.